Be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but suffer evil along with the glad tidings, according to the power of God, who has saved us and has called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the ages of time, but has been made manifest now by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has annulled death and brought to light life and incorruptibility by the glad tidings, to which I have been appointed a herald and apostle and teacher of the nations, for which cause also I suffer these things, but I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep for that day the deposit I have entrusted to him. Yongan 我为这福音奉派做传道的，做使徒，做师父，为这缘故我也受这些苦难。然而我不以为耻，因为知道我所信的是谁，也深信他能保全我所交付他的，直到那日。The We'll begin with verse 9. Verse 9 through verse 19. I indeed myself in prisons, many of the saints, having received the authority from the chief priests. And when they were put to death, I gave my vote, and often punishing them in all the synagogues, I compelled them to blaspheme. 
and being exceedingly furious against them, I persecuted them even to cities out of our own land. And when engaged in this, I was journeying to Damascus with authority and power from the chief priest. At midday, on the way, I saw, O king, a light above the brightness of the sun shining from heaven round about me and those who were journeying with me. And when we were all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecuted thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against goats. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise up and stand on your feet, for for this purpose have I appeared to thee, to appoint thee to be a servant and a witness, both of what thou hast seen and of what I shall appear to thee in, taking thee out from among the people and the nations, to whom I send thee, to open their eyes, that they may turn from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive remission of sins and inheritance among them that are sanctified by faith in me. Whereupon, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Yesu 比日头还亮我也要救你脱离百姓和外邦人的手 Chapter 1 We read verse 12 12 and 13 And I turned back to see the voice which spoke with me and having turned I saw seven golden lampstands and in the midst of of the seven lambs, 
我转过身来要看是谁发生与我说话，既转过来就看见七个金灯台，灯台中间有一位好像人子，身穿长衣，直垂到脚，胸间束着金带。Let us have a word of prayer。让我们再有一些祷告。Dear Lord, as we gather here before Thee. 亲爱的主，当我们在这里聚集在你的面前，We do praise and thank thee that thou have given us this privilege of drawing nigh to thee.我们实在要感谢你，为着你给我们这个特权，能够来亲近你。We thank thee that the way to the holiest of all is open.我们感谢你进入至圣所的路已经开了。we do thank thee that we may come to thy very presence to behold thy beauty and to hear thy voice. Oh dear Lord, we need thy word. Without thy word, we are as one dead. But thy word would give us light and give us life. Thou would transform us and conform us to thy own image. And this we do desire, not for ourselves, but for thy testimony. So we just look to thee this morning. That thou will come to each and every one of us. And speak to each of us with a That we may be delivered from any darkness, but be in the full light of thy truth. 好叫我们从所有的黑暗中被拯救出来，进入你真理的亮光里。Dear Lord, our deepest desire is that we may be faithful to Thy testimony. 亲爱的主，我们深处的渴慕乃是我们能够对你的见证忠心。We pray that I will raise a people of today. 我们求你今日能够兴起一般人来。that will be faithful to thyself and will be prepared and ready for thy return to bring back the king and we want to give thee all the glory we ask in thy precious name Amen Thank God for gathering us together again this morning. We are considering together on this very important matter. What God has entrusted to his church. 
I think it is the most amazing thing that God should trust man. God who is able to do everything. He is able to do everything all by himself. And then whatever he has done will be the perfect thing. But our God, who is so perfect, so able, so trustworthy, so faithful, and yet, it is the desire of God to trust even man. It is not because he does not know what man is. He knows us so well. And yet he dared to trust himself to us. It is not because of what we are. It is because of what He is. He knows very well each and every one of us. And yet, He has the faith. He believes that He is able to transform us in such a way that we may be trustworthy. So it is a most amazing thing that God should trust us with himself. And this trust is not a small thing. It's not a partial thing. When God trusts Himself to us, He trusts Himself totally to us. In other words, He gave Himself completely to us. It is such a privilege as well as a serious Responsibility. We have already shared on this matter of what that trust is. We find that the trust, number one, is the testimony of Jesus. There is nothing more important than the testimony of Jesus. Because that testimony is none other than what he is and who he is. It is what he is in the sight of God the Father. 
It is all that the Father has entrusted to him. And yet we find that he gave that testimony and trusted to the church. That we may be his witness. We also share a little bit on what the testimony of Jesus is. He says he said himself. He himself said, I'm the first and the last. This is what he is. In the sight of the Father, he is the first. He has the preeminence of all things. Everything must begin with him. And only that which is begun with him is acceptable to God. Brothers and sisters, this is what he is. And this is what he expects to be to us. Is he the first in our lives? Can we bear this witness? That Jesus Christ is the first of our life. He is the one who begins our life. He is the one who begins everything in our life. And we honor him as the first. He is incomparable. We cannot compare him with anybody else. He occupies all and all in us. And he is the last. He is our objective. He is our end. Everything adds up to him. Sum up in him. And all glory, glory and honor go back to him. To put it another way, that he is all and in all. This is what he is. And he is the living one. He is life. He is resurrection and life. He is the everlasting life. And he ever lives. Making intercession for us. And he is able to save us to the uttermost. And because of us. He became dead. He went to the cross. He bore our sins. He shed his blood for the remission of our sins. And his body was broken. His life is given to us. 
that we may receive life and life abundant. But thank God, he did not kept in the tomb. On the third day, he was raised from the dead. It is life out of death. And this is the life that he gave to us. He is all victorious. And he holds in his hand the keys of death and Hades. And brothers and sisters, this is the testimony that he has entrusted to the church. Therefore, we find in the scripture those who have the testimony of Jesus. In other words, they not only have the knowledge of it, but they live for it. And number two, we say that the test of, that the trust that has been entrusted to us is the glad tidings. The gospel. The gospel is far more than we ever imagined. So in the book of Hebrews, he said, so great salvation. The gospel is none other but our Lord Jesus himself. He is the glad tidings. And we also find that the trust is the faith. It is not just this doctrine or that teaching. It is the whole truth. Because Christ himself is the truth. So, dear brothers and sisters, the church is entrusted with such a tremendous treasure. Our Lord Jesus dared to trust himself to us. And then, this morning, we would like to speak on this matter of trustee. Now, what is a trustee? What is his responsibility? What kind of person he has to be? You know, brothers and sisters, when you make a trust, you will find a man or woman of worth. A man that you can trust with. And you appoint him or her as your trustee. 
And the responsibility of the trustee is such. He is familiar with the trust. He knows what is being trusted. And he will be careful to see that everything in the trust will be faithfully carried out. He has no liberty to change the trust. Nor can he withhold that trust. He has to execute it according to the will of the person who made the trust. So a trustee is very important. What has God entrusted? Who to whom has God entrusted? And we are told that God has entrusted to his church. Brothers and sisters, when our Lord Jesus came into this world, we often say that he came to this world to seek and to find the lost. That is very true. Because we are the lost. And he came to find us and to save us. But we know that the purpose of his coming into this world is more than that. He came to this world not only to declare the Father. To come to show us who and what the Father is. He came into this world also to find a people. He came to find a people to whom he can trust himself. When he came into this world, what did he find? You know, it is very amazing. When you read the, book, the Gospels, you find that our Lord Jesus was faced with many people who are blind, who are deaf, who are crippled. And even the dead. In other words, when he came into this world, to find a people that are suitable to him, that he can trust with. What he find was just the opposite. We find all these infirm and weak and sick. 
So our Lord Jesus, when He came into this world, He has to create a new people. He has to create a trustee. Here you find He came to call people. Not only to call people to come and believe in him, but he called people to be his disciples. You know what disciple really means? Disciples means a person who is put under the master and learn of him. It is more than just to be a student. It is completely different from the student of modern times. A modern student will pay a tuition. And he will go to school. And he will try to absorb and learn all the learnings of the professors. That's all he is. But this is so different from an apprentice. The Bible thought of disciples is apprenticeship. In the old days, when you want to learn a trade, you have to find a master, one who is skillful in that thing. And what will you do? You will leave your own home. And you will stay with your master. You will be as one of the master's family. And if you want to learn to be a carpenter, the first year when you were you are with your master, he will not even teach you anything. He will ask you to help with the home affairs. You have to sweep the floor. You have to serve the master. You have to help the family. Help with the children. And do all these mundane work. And sometimes you think, what is that for? I come to learn the trade. But this is very important. Because an apprentice is not only to learn the trade, he is to learn how to be a man. He is to learn from his master how to behave. 
他要从他的师父、老师的身上学习怎样学习品性。How to live怎样生活? It's more than more important than how to work.这比他怎样来工作更重要。And gradually the master will reveal some of the skill to you.逐渐的，这个老师就会教他一点的技术。so after several years, when you graduated, you not only have the skill of the master, you also have the manner of the master. Sometimes you find the apprentice will speak like his master. And even the way he walks is like his master. Because he had learned his master's manner. Brothers and sisters, when our Lord Jesus was on earth, his most important thing is to call disciples. Aside from Calvary, you find that he is here calling for disciples. And this is why you find in the Gospels, when they answer the call of the disciples, when these disciples, they left all and followed him. They live with him. They were with him day and night. They not only heard his words, they not only noticed how he worked, but they, they watched the way he lived. Brothers and sisters, he was here creating a new people. A people that are like him. To whom he can trust himself. You know, it is very interesting. When you read the Gospel of John, chapter 2, you find our Lord was in Jerusalem. And towards the end of the chapter, it says, Many believe in Him. Because they have seen the signs that he made. But strangely, the Bible said, Our Lord did not give himself to them. Because he knew what was in man. You know these people believe in him. Why did they believe in him? Because they saw the signs that he worked. Not really that they really trusted in him. And our Lord, who knew the very heart of man, 
我们的主他知道人心里面所存的事 he will not give himself to them。所以他不將自己交託他們。And gradually you find he called some disciples to himself。逐漸的我們看見了,他就呼召一些門徒到他面前了。For 3 years and a half。有3年半的時間。During his public ministry。在公開的執事中 you find that one of the things that he emphasized most. And that is training his disciples. During the period of training, you find that these disciples, these disciples did not understand him. How often our Lord said one thing and they thought it was another thing. And our Lord was patient with them. Uh, even during the Last Supper, uh, you find they were still arguing among themselves who was the greatest. And even when our Lord said, I'm, I'm going uh, to die. And then Peter said, I will die with you. Not knowing that he would deny the Lord three times. Now, do you think these people are trustworthy? But thank God. During the last discourse, when our Lord Jesus was talking with his disciples after the Last Supper, you find in John chapter 15, towards the end, the Lord said, When the Comforter, the Spirit of Truth, shall come, He shall bear witness of me, and you will be my witness. Because you have been with me all the time. So you find that our Lord, even at that time, He is gradually trying to commit Himself to His disciples. When our Lord was arrested, all his disciples fled. And then we find Peter denied the Lord three times. And even when our Lord was resurrected, you find the two disciples, two emails, they, they were said and talking about the death of our Lord. They didn't know about his resurrection. And when the news came, the disciples were so slow in believing in it. And yet, brothers and sisters, when our Lord was risen 
to heaven. He gave them the commandment. Wait in Jerusalem until you receive the power from on high. Then you will be my witness. From Jerusalem to all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And then Pentecost. You know, the Bible tells us when our Lord was ascended. At one time, 500 brothers and sisters saw him. And only 120 listened to him. Return to Jerusalem. And in the upper room, they pray with one accord for ten days. And on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came to them. Brothers and sisters, our brother has already mentioned. What is the meaning of Pentecost? How we are attracted by the sound and the sight. The sound and the sight are secondary. Because they vary. But the real meaning of St. Pentecost is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There it is said, in one spirit, you are baptized into one body. A body has many members. But the members of many, the body is one. So also is the Christ. So brothers and sisters, it is it begins on the day of Pentecost. When 120 individual believers. I think you cannot find a better congregation than that congregation. Because the 120 people include the apostles. And include Mary. And include his brethren. And these hundred and twenty are so devoted. And they are they were able to gather together, pray with with one accord for ten days. And yet they are only 120 individual Christians. They are a congregation. 
but not a body. When they gather together, they are together. When they are not in gathering, they are each by itself. A body is different. A body is one. There may be many members. But each member cannot go its own way. No member can do its own work. They are one body. And the testimony of Jesus is entrusted to that body. Brothers and sisters, today we are so individualistic. Everything is just I, me, myself. You know, this really happened when sin entered in this world. Because when sin entered in this world, everybody is for himself. Adam is for himself. This woman that you have given me, he has done it. And the woman said, no, it is the serpent. Everybody is for him and herself. Sin not only separates us from God, sin separates us from one another. So we become so self-centered. Brothers and sisters, but our Lord Jesus entrusts himself not to one individual, but to a body. Why is it so? It is because he is so rich he is so abundant. All the fullness of the Godhead dwells in him bodily. There is no one individual who has the capacity to be filled with his fullness. He requires a body to be his fullness. So that is what Ephesians chapter 1 verse 22 and verse 23 says. God has made Christ head over all things. To the church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all and in all. So you find that it takes a body to be his fullness. And it takes a body to take up the responsibility to manage his riches. Dear brothers and sisters, 
I feel that probably, probably, we lack a real understanding of what the church is. Probably to many of us, the most important thing is my salvation. The most important thing is what about me? I want to be a spiritual person. It is between the Lord and I. Sometimes we hear people say, I do not care about anybody else. It is just the Lord and I. When you heard it, it sounds very, very spiritual. But it is hyper spiritual. We need the body. The Lord needs the body. We often think of the church as something extra of us. I can very well be a good Christian. Without the church. On the contrary, sometimes I find the church make me a bad Christian. It is much better if I shut myself in my room and be a perfect Christian. Dear brothers and sisters, this is not the thought of God. I have met people. I have met people who withdrew themselves from fellowship. And they shut themselves in their own home. They thought this is a way to spirituality. Dear brothers and sisters, this is not the will of God. The church is not something extra. The church is fundamental. So we need to have a clear understanding of what the church is. It is almost as important as to hear, have a clear understanding of what the trust is. If we do not know what the trust is, then we will not be able to be the trustee. But the trustee itself is also equally important. May I ask a question? Do you really understand what the church is? Are you really in the fellowship of the church? Are you really a living, 
functioning member of the body of Christ. Where are you now? Remember, brothers and sisters, even in 2 Timothy chapter 1, if you read verse 9, who has saved us and has called us with a holy calling, not only not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the ages of time. Here we find that God has saved us. Thank God He has saved us. But that is not the end. And it continues with and has called us. He not only has saved us, but he has called us with a holy calling. And that calling is according to his own purpose. And that purpose is purpose in Christ Jesus. And before the ages of time. So you see, we are not only being saved, but we are called with a holy calling. And this calling is according to God's own purpose. And this purpose is purpose before the foundation of the world. So you can see how important is that purpose. Sometimes we are saved, but we do not know God's purpose. Then we miss it so much. We who have been saved, for what? For what purpose? We are called according to God's own purpose. God save us in order to call us to his purpose. And that purpose has been decided even before the foundation of the world. It connects you with eternity. So how important is that calling? That's why you find our Lord Jesus when he was on earth. He called for disciples. And what is the calling? If you read Ephesians, you find that the calling is called us to be one body. 
Because there is nothing more important of a body to our Lord Jesus. To us to be saved is important. But to our Lord Jesus is to answer the call is important. Only that will fulfill God's purpose. According to Ephesians, we find that we are called to be the body of Christ. We already mentioned Ephesians chapter 1, verse 23. The church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all and in all. The body. It is the body of Christ. And we each is a member, particular member of that body. And then in Ephesians chapter 4, we find we have to walk according to our calling. That is Christian life. That is to live our church life. I cannot do without my Lord. And I cannot do without you. You cannot do without the Lord. And you cannot do without me. Because we are one body. It is in that one body that we are able to experience the riches of the head. But dear brothers and sisters, we often think of our privilege. What a privilege that we can receive all the heavenly blessings in Christ Jesus. Now this is true. If we are in the body, we receive all the fullness of the Godhead. And we become the fullness of Him who fills all and in all. But brothers and sisters, we have not only privilege, we also have responsibility. If we receive the privilege and not fulfill the responsibility, then we have been unfaithful to the Lord. So we need to see the body 
There must be a time that the Lord opens our eyes to see that we are not just individual Christians. We are members of one body. And we are members one to another. We need such revelation. Think of the Apostle Paul. You find that before he knew the Lord, his name was Saul. He was an extraordinary young man. Because most young men will seek for the things of this world. But he was different. Even when he was young, he sought for spiritual things. But unfortunately, he was misled. He put his whole heart in it. But he was on the wrong way. According to the tradition of the fathers. And he thought Jesus was an imposter. So he tried his best to destroy all who follow the Lord Jesus. He was sincere. But he was wrong. He thought he was doing God a service. But he did a great disservice to God. Great disservice. God knew his heart. God will allow him to go as far as he could. While he was nearing the city of Damascus, he went there to seize the believers. Brought them to Jerusalem and condemned them. At midday, suddenly a light brighter than the midday sun. Shone upon him. And he was smitten by that light. And in that light, he heard a voice. Why do you persecute me? It is hard to kick against the goal. And Saul said, Lord, who are you? I do not know you. But one thing I realize, you are Lord. Whoever you are, you are Lord. I'm no longer my master. You are the master. 
in that heavenly vision. He saw Jesus is Lord. Not only Jesus is Savior, Jesus is Lord. Not only Jesus will save him, but Jesus is his master. How do we know? Because his next question is, Lord, what do you want me to do? Now I'm finished. You are the Lord. You have to give you have to give the word. Then I know what to do. I have given up myself completely to you. To do your will. You I am now an obedient ox. And I'm under your yoke. I'm to do your work. Brothers and sisters, do you ever see Jesus as Lord? Is He your Savior and that's it? He saves you. And then you can do anything you want. Because heaven is guaranteed. Brothers and sisters, if this is the case, you will never see the church. You will never see the body of Christ. You will not be a functioning member of the body of Christ. God has not entrusted you with Himself. We need a vision to see Jesus as Lord. It finishes your life. It brings you to His feet. Putting yourself at His feet and allowing Him to direct your life. No longer live for yourself. You live for him. Because this is the purpose of God. Brothers and sisters, we need that. And after you have seen this, then it follows. You will see the church as the body of Christ. Because Saul on the road to Damascus, God not only showed him who Jesus is, He is Lord, Lord of all, but God also showed him what the body is. You know Saul was trained as a Pharisee. And he has all the logical arguments. And when Jesus said, Why do you persecute me? 
主耶稣问他说,你为什么逼迫我?It would be natural to him to say, now, who are you?很自然的,他应该会说,你是谁?I never knew you.我根本不认识你。How can I persecute you?我怎么可能逼迫你?You are in heaven.你在天上。I'm on earth.我在地上。How can I do it?我怎么可能这样呢?He can well argue in this way.他可以这样来辩论。That's logic.那是合逻辑的。But his naked eyes, was shut. His inner eye was opened. He did not reason. Immediately he saw one thing. Touching any believer is touching Christ. Because when you touch a member of the body, you touch the head. The head and the body are one. Brothers and sisters, do you see this? Do you have a vision of the body of Christ? Because that is what the church is. The church is not an organization. The church is an organism. Christ is the head. The church is the body. The head and the body are one. They cannot be separated. All the fullness of the head rests in the body. And all the beauty of the head manifested through the body. The testimony of Jesus is entrusted to his own body. That's why in the beginning of the book of Acts he said, Luke said, I wrote the first discourse. And that is caused about Christ began to do and to teach. And now I'm writing the second discourse. The book of Acts. To continue to show you how Christ continued to do and to teach. In the Gospel of Luke, Christ do, does, and teaches in his incarnate body. In the book of Acts, Christ continues to do and to teach in that mystic body, the church. 在行传中，基督仍然继续的借着那个奥秘的身体来行事和说话。So, brothers and sisters，所以弟兄姊妹们，this is why Romans chapter twelve verse one says，这就是为什么罗马书第十二章第一节说：“I beseech you, brethren，弟兄们，我恳求你们，to present your bodies a living sacrifice，将你的身体献上当作活祭。” Holy, acceptable to God. 
And this is your reasonable spiritual worship and service. You notice here the body is in pearl number. Why? Because it represents each and every one of us. We all have our own body. Now why is the body? Because we live in this body. We work with this body. Actually the body represents the whole being. It is only when we present our bodies a living sacrifice. Then it follows. In verse 4 and verse 5. Do not look of yourself more than you should. Because you are a member of the body. The body is one. But they are different bodies. And in that body, you are to live, you are to serve. Here you find in verses 4 and 5 the body is singular. In other words, unless you present your bodies a living sacrifice, you will not be able to see the one body of Christ. Because when you really consecrate yourself, then the Holy Spirit will transform your mind. He will enlighten your mind. And He make you see the body of Christ. I feel that many today do not see the church as the body of Christ. It is not an external thing. It is not an organization. It is an inward living reality. It is the vessel that Christ has committed himself to. It is a tremendous thing. Many do not see this. Because your bodies have not been put on the altar. Dear brothers and sisters, especially young brothers and sisters, may I plead with you you are not only saved, but you have been called. You are called by God's eternal purpose. You have to confess Jesus as Lord. 
Put what he has redeemed in you on the altar. And then he will open your eyes. And to see the essentials of the church, the body of Christ. And make you a living, functioning member. To take up that trust that Christ has entrusted to the church. You know, when you turn to Revelation chapter 1, the Apostle John, he was exiled to the island of Patmos. For what reason? For the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus. And on the Lord's day, Probably he was sitting on a rock. And he was facing the sea. And if it's a good day, then he can see the outline of Asia Minor. And there are the churches. That he ministered before he was exiled. He must be thinking about them. Uh, praying for them. And then he saw a vision. And what is the vision? The vision said. He heard a voice. When he turned to the voice. He saw seven golden lampstands. With one like the Son of Man in the midst of it. That is the Patmos vision. He saw the seven lampstands. And the seven lampstands are explained to us. Because the lampstands are the churches. In the sight of God, a church is a golden lampstand. Now, brothers and sisters, what is a lampstand? A lampstand is a vessel that is used not only to contain the light, but to heighten, uplift the light. A lampstand is not just a decoration. It is very practical. Because a lampstand is to uplift the light that it may shine broader. 
And there you find the seven churches in Asia. And then before it, at the forefront, one like a son of man. Now, of course, this vision tells us of the heavenly ministry of our Lord Jesus. And we think of the heavenly, the heavenly ministry of our Lord Jesus as our high priest. But when we think of him as our high priest, we often think in a personal way. He ever lived, making intercession for us. He's able to save us to the uttermost. We cannot be a Christian. If we do not know him as our high priest. But here in Revelation, you find the high priest is the high priest of the church. There he is ministering to his church. Christ is described in detail. Seven ten tenfold description of Christ. But there is no description of the lampstand. In the first chapter. You know, sometimes we can go to the other extreme. We will emphasize the church even above Christ. And if you do that, you lose Christ. Christ is at the foreground. The church is the background. The church is not the light. The church has no teaching. No doctrine. The teaching and the doctrine is Christ. The church does not speak of himself. He speaks of Christ. It is not the light. It is the life lifter. Brothers and sisters, Christ is the light. He commits himself to the lampstand. That the light may shine bright and white. This is the trustee. And we are members of that one body. So, brothers and sisters, what God has entrusted to the church, He has entrusted. Himself to Himself. 
Because the church is the Christ. And only the Christ is able to manage the affairs of Christ. May the Lord give us this vision. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we are amazed. That you should trust yourself to us, the church. We do pray that I will open our eyes. Not only to see thee as the Christ. And also see ourselves Dear Lord, we want not only the privilege. We are willing to bear the responsibility. We pray that this morning. That thou will give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That we may know thee. Open our eyes. That we may understand. Draw us into. That we may glorify thee. We ask in thy precious name. 我们奉你宝贵的名祷告。